So, John, if you had to pick five people to voice the five emotions in your head... Only five? Well, it's five in Inside Out, isn't it? Sure. In, in everybody's head in Inside Out, so let's go with that. So who would you pick for Joy? Joy. Callie Minogue? Okay. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, I was going to say Olivia Colman, but maybe... She, no, she, Olivia Colman would be good for disgust. Yeah, she, she could do either, but yeah, I can see that. Yes? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what about Anger? Cher. Cher? Yeah. She's loud. I, I, I don't know why I, I, I even questioned that. Of course it is. <laughs> Snap out of it, <laughs> stupid. What's the other ones? Sadness? Sadness. It's hard. And confusion as well. That's not an emotion. It's one of them in this. No, it's not. Is it not? It's anger, fear, disgust, joy, and have sadness. Where did you get confusion from? Was he scared? I thought he was. Is he fear? I thought he was confusion. This is going to change the whole context of this. (laughs) It's changed everything. He was fear. Was he? Okay, cool. Um, Okay, well, who's your fear? Who's your sadness? You. (laughs) Both of them? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) The old ball and chain. Great, lovely. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set. Welcome everybody to 2019. This Woo! is the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. And for our first episode of the year, we're starting a new tradition of doing Pixar films. So this is Inside Out. Woohoo! This is a brilliant film. If you do say so yourself. Am I wrong? No, no, no. This is... I love this film. This yeah. is a lovely... And I, I would like to thank you for choosing this to start the year because it is a good... I feel like I needed this this week. Yeah. <laughs> really? What? Yeah. Oh, what, you mean because you've been editing our 2018 wrap-up? Well, that, and yeah. recovering from New Year. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, going back to work. and Oh, know, yeah. Just, okay, yeah. You know, lots of different things conspired to make the last few days a bit rough. And, yeah, this film was what I needed. I yes. <laughs> I um, may have it, cried. It, it, it was... <laughs> It's difficult not to, to well, be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it was between this and Brave, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I went with this one as well. Yeah. So, uh, well, what, what did you think of this then? It sounds like you you enjoyed it. Is enjoy the right word? Yes. Well, this is... Or, or, or did you just starting appreciating the other emotions that you had while watching this? Well, that's the thing about this film. It taps you into all of them. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, some Pixar films are just pure pleasure. Yeah. But a lot of the best ones are the ones that also give you, you know, a whole range of emotions. And this mm-hmm. one literally does that. So mm-hmm. I remember watching it with our good friend, Louise, who's mm-hmm. a friend of the show, been on a couple of episodes. And I remember, you know, sitting next to her, it was, it's a darkened cinema, credits roll. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of, that was lovely, wasn't it? Wasn't that sweet? Yeah. I kind of wiped a little tear away. And then I turned around, oh my God. <laughs> just, just literal bawling. Like, just, just sobbing. Like, I was like, are you okay? Like... <laughs> So, yeah, this film gets people, I think. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, it definitely got me too. I mean, it wouldn't be the sort of film that I'd watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it would. I don't know. I'm trying to find... If I watched it like I watched Toy Story 2 as a child, mm-hmm. then I don't know, maybe I could. I don't know. I feel like it's so emotionally draining mm. that it needs to be something you just dig out every now and then. Yeah. I don't think it's something you could watch... All the time, yeah. You need to be in the right frame of mind. Yes, definitely. And I think early January is a good time. Yeah. you're a little bit, you're a little bit vulnerable, <laughs> but you need to feel some kind of, you know, good about the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll do a bit of a plot summary. Yeah, it's uh, your turn. So essentially, in this world, everybody has five different emotions in their head. Yes, which are joy and sadness, which are our main two for this, mm-hmm. and also fear, anger, and disgust. Yes, got it right this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this story is mainly about just this one little girl called Riley, whose family move to San Francisco? From Minnesota to from, San Francisco, yes. Yeah. So from country, suburbs to kind of big city mm-hmm. life. Yeah. It really felt like she and the whole family had very much traded down, and I wasn't sure why. Well, they didn't really explain why, and they definitely had traded down. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the plot of the film, is yeah. that she's very unhappy with where she's moved to. Sure, but why did they do that to her? Because dad needed, well, well for work. Sure. For, okay. for, for dad's work. Okay. That's pretty much what it was. Selfish dad. 
Yeah, well, well you don't know the situation. No, sure. It like, doesn't tell you. It keeps it deliberately vague. But, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, that's not that interesting. That's not what the film's about. But, no. you know, maybe he had to move. He was going to lose his job otherwise or something like that. And he's concerned sure. about the finances for the family. So it's the best thing for, well, that, for the family overall. It never occurred to me that. I, I always kind of feel like I assumed watching this film that he'd moved for a new career. And so it was kind of a selfish choice. It never occurred to me that maybe he's like had reduced circumstances and it's been like necessity. Yeah, I mean, it could which be, actually it, makes more sense because he's totally taken a step down in terms of the living standard. Yeah. Oh, that changes the whole context. Yeah, it could be either. I've always just thought he just must have had a midlife crisis and been like, "I want to make a go of it as a journalist." And I was kind of silently judging him, like, "You should have made that decision before you had a kid, mm. not when the kid was 11. Like, yeah. Well, like, there's no points in the film where you see him being like happy with his new life. True. You don't really seem to have been that sad. He seems to have been distracted at one point. Sure, yeah. Stressed on the phone. Yeah. So, you know, whatever it is, it's clearly not like, oh, my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just dad making the decision for himself. It's It clearly does look like a family decision to me, but sure, that's entirely the way I've interpreted it. Mm. That's um, interesting. I didn't think of that before. Anyway, go on. So they move from Minnesota to San Francisco mm-hmm. into this kind of dilapidated inner city kind of apartment slash house. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So initially, Riley is quite disgusted with with the house and mm-hmm. a little bit sad about stuff. And then some of the other emotions kind of take over a bit, and she starts seeing the light in different things, which is because she, her joy emotion is so strong. Yeah, well, joy is like the de facto leader of the emotion. She's very domineering. Mm, yes. So she, when the other emotions step in and try and do stuff, she's always the first to kind of slap them away and mm-hmm. be like, no, feel happy. Yeah. In a very kind of forceful way. And so the way this works is that every time a memory is created, it's essentially this this marble mm-hmm. that is the colour of the emotion that it's created in, I guess. That it represents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, every now and then you'll get a core memory. Mm-hmm. And so far Riley has five at this point. Okay. Yeah. Which are all joy. And if like anybody like sadness or something touches them, then they will change colour. Mm-hmm. Which is... Well, not... that's a new development. That's not something they've ever dealt with before. Oh, is it? Okay. I sure. think so, yeah. Because it's, it's all about... For me, the theme of this movie is children. Rally's like 11? Uh, yeah, I think so. 11, 12-ish. So it's, it's uh, just approaching adolescence. And so it's, you know, she's starting to have more complicated emotions than just... Mm-hmm. I feel happy now. I feel sad now. I'm angry now. You know, yeah. now it's like getting more complicated and emotions are being. She's looking how she's developing a memory. You know, she's mm-hmm. remembering things. And I, I think the idea at the end of the movie is that this this whole new sensation, which is bittersweetness. You know, mm-hmm. like memories that are both happy and sad, mm-hmm. which I don't think very small children really have because they're so in the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I feel like that's a new development that when sadness touches old memories, they go from being happy memories to being sad memories. Mm-hmm. And so there's one big emotional scene where Riley goes into school for it's her first day in a new school. She doesn't know anybody. She had to say goodbye to all her old friends and all her old um, ice hockey clubs and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has to get up in front of the class and just sort of say who she is, where she's from. Why do teachers always make new kids do that? It's awesome, so cruel. It? <laughs> it's so very cruel. Well, yeah, the emotions start like fighting over the control board or something. The pipe comes down to suck a memory up and it almost sucks all the core memories up, which is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And joy and sadness end up getting sucked up the pipe along with all the core memories. Yes. And Riley just stops feeling emotion, mm-hmm. stops mid-crying in front of the class and just sort of sits down and, yeah. Oh, and she has a new core sadness memory, doesn't she? Is that, that One of them turns sad. Yeah, one of her memories... No, no, there's a new one created. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. This... Well, we'll get to this, but the plot is complicated. It is, isn't it? It's very, like, it's almost Doctor Who-ish. Like, there's yeah. a lot of really, like, complex themes here that, yeah. like, I think a kid wouldn't really grasp onto, but mm. anyway. And so uh, then Joy and Sadness get sucked to uh, long-term memory, mm-hmm. which is great for loads of little jokes. Mm-hmm. Really smart stuff. Yeah. Things like you see people who are like managing the memories or something, just seeing what's important, what needs to be kept, and what can just be thrown in. Is it the dump or something? Oh, is it the place where the sad things happen later on? Yeah. Where, where, where memories just kind of fade and disappear. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's just some great lines. There's, there's one of them they said, oh, do you need to keep all the American presidents? Nah, I'll just lose all of them apart from Lincoln. Yeah. And stuff like that. And Four years of piano recitals. Yeah. Just keep... Just keep um, what are those two songs? Chopsticks. Chopsticks and Heart and Soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ones anyone can play. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And uh, oh, the memory of that uh, bubblegum advert. Yeah. Throw that one back up to the control oh, room. That was one of my favourite running jokes. It was so good. Was, yeah. Oh, there was a great one where they're on the train yes. uh, later on with Bing Bong. And um, I think Joy knocks, or Sadness knocks over two crates. Mm-hmm. And it's Opinions and Facts. Yes. 
and Bing Bong's just like, oh, I'll just roll to throw a minute. They get mixed up all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, there were lots of very good, very clever jokes about how people's brains work, mm. which is basically what this film is about. It's how people's brains work. Yeah. yeah. This is what I really like about Pixar films compared to most other kids' films or animations or anything, mm-hmm. is that they get the balance of having humour and entertainment for children and having humour and entertainment for adults so well without it just being sex jokes that kids don't get. Yeah. Which, which is what Shrek is, really. Mm, yeah. Because most of those jokes that we've just recited, kids are not going to really understand that. No. They're not going to know opinions and facts being a funny joke. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I was going to ask. Do you think this is actually a movie primarily for children? I think that almost all Pixar movies these days are... They're aimed at both children and adults. Yeah, I agree and with Initially, that. things like Toy Story, Bugs Life, and maybe Monsters, Inc. to an extent, they were definitely aimed at children, but then suddenly they realised, oh, this can really work for... Yeah, I feel like they're very Especially, especially more... as the people who watch Toy Story are now grown-ups. Yeah. And I wonder if... Because there's been a thing with Pixar in the last few years where they've been kind of accused of... People kind of say the quality's dropped a bit with Pixar in the last few years, mm-hmm. where they've released things like The Good Dinosaur which I actually saw, which isn't a bad film, but it's so a kid's film. Mm. It's like the equivalent of... It's not as good as Frozen, but it's much more on par with Frozen Mm -hmm. than it is with Toy Story 3 and Inside Out and Up. And I wonder if maybe they worried at Pixar that they'd kind of gone too far in the other direction of just making kids' films that actually kids would find quite dull. And now they've gone back to making films that are just for kids. I don't think that most of the biggest films that Pixar make, most of the most popular ones... Mm kids would find boring i don't think kids would find this boring they wouldn't find up boring they wouldn't Mm -hmm. find coco boring Mm -hmm. because they're all very entertaining they're beautiful to watch Mm -hmm. um not that kids are going to be like oh my god that's such good cgi yeah but yeah they're colorful and shiny and pretty and there's lots of good designs and stuff yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and great ideas as well like in this one for example where they walk through the how is it like the imagination factory or something yes and there's loads of different animation styles Mm -hmm. and Oh, yeah, there were there, there some really weird things there where they, they were talking about different kinds of imagination or oh, something. Oh, well, this is what, yeah, when they went to go into abstract... Abstract, abstract thoughts, thought, yes, abstract that's thought, it, thank yeah. you. Because I did think, like, how many children's movies contain the phrase non-objective fragmentation? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm guessing that that must be, I'm hoping that it is a real term. Oh, of course of, like, it is, of course it is. This I've, movie was very researched. Yeah, I've never heard that before, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing that that's... Probably an in-joke for kind of therapists or Therapists something. and graphic designers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even so, it was still just really, it was really enjoyable because you can just, you, you just sort of know that, oh, wow, they're really getting into quite complex things here, but it's yeah. still great fun to watch and you can basically understand what's going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like, I've all, and it's not a criticism because I love this film. I do feel like of all of the Pixar films I've seen, this is the one that might be the most over a kid's head. I think it veers just that little bit over onto the bits where, yes, it's shiny and pretty and there's mm-hmm. funny things like Bing Bong that kids are just like the shapes and the colours and the design and the, mm-hmm. the nice happy voices. But so much of it is about psychology and emotional makeup and all these concepts that like if a five, six-year-old, seven, eight-year-old sat in front of a TV mm-hmm. would just be like, whoosh. So I do wonder. I don't know There, there, de- there definitely is loads to go over somebody's head yeah. in this one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Maybe it's more suitable for an for an older child, yeah. Rather than you know the good dinosaur, which maybe could be watched by somebody who's four or five. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's more suitable for an. I genuinely think this is a, a film that is most suitable for an adult because it's about looking back in the in the same way that Toy Story three is, but Toy Story three, mm-hmm. even that is an adventure romp first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is has adventure romp qualities, mm-hmm. but first and foremost, it is about looking back at being a child and remembering when you actually did. Mm-hmm you know, let go of certain things. Like imagine when you did have an imaginary friend and, you mm-hmm. know, or when you do start feeling those more complicated emotions and happy memories become bittersweet emotions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like you have to have been through all of that to actually appreciate this film c- as completely as you can. Mm. And like I said, it's not a criticism. I just think this, I'd be interested to know if my friends who have young children have watched this. Has your niece watched this? Your older niece watched I this? I she's watched an entire film yet. Oh, okay. She's still so young. She's, just turned three. Okay, fine. So that is, that is too young to really engage with most any film. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know if my friend's children who like stuff like The Greatest Showman and are obsessed with Frozen mm-hmm. have watched this, whether they liked it or whether they've just tuned out a little bit. Mm. So Yeah, don't yeah. know. Oh, well. What's happening? No, they turned it on. Ah! Never seen this before. Ah! Ah! My face! 
My beautiful face! Oh. What is going on? We're abstracting. There are four stages. This is the first. Non-objective fragmentation. All right, do not panic. What is important is that we all stay together. Oh! oh. We're in the second stage. We're deconstructing. Run! Okay, so what did they get to in the plot summary? Oh, there? sorry. Yeah, they got stuck in long-term memory, and they need to find their way back to the control room. Mm-hmm. And so they keep trying a few different ways to get back, which all keep breaking, because that's just what's happening with Riley's mind. Mm-hmm. It's breaking down. It's quite extreme. It's disturbing, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did find myself thinking, like, what would have happened if they'd failed? Yeah. She'd just become a complete <laughs> sociopath. Because like. her teacher asked her who she was. Yeah. That's an extreme reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they eventually bump into uh, Riley's imaginary friend, who they've not seen for a few years. Mm-hmm. Bing um, Bong. Bing Bong. Um, who might be my favourite character in this. Because mm. he was really good. Just He was just sort of mad, and the design of him was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the perfect sort of imaginary friend. Just like a part elephant, part dolphin. Mm-hmm. Part, part lion, <laughs> part I think la- it was. Part, part unicorn, yeah. yeah. It's like, animals were really big that year, don't you yeah. remember? She was just learning, like, cow scene moo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then eventually it builds to... Well, he he's guiding them home or something, and they go on the, the memory train or whatever it is. What was that? Is it is it the memory train? It's not the memory train. The thought train? The thought train. Oh, train of thought. The train of thought, of course. Train of thought, yeah. yes. Great. Yes. <laughs> so well written. Yeah. It uh, is. It's brilliant. And, uh, yeah, something goes wrong, and they... Is it at that point, I think they all fall into the pit... Well, sorry, sadness sorry. doesn't. Yeah, sadness doesn't. For some reason, sadness has stayed behind, I think. Oh, the, well, the rail track collapses because one of one of the islands collapses because mm. Riley's having enough emotional mm-hmm. moments. Uh, but the train lands on the cliff face and then the little minion-y things manage to pull sadness out. But mm-hmm. then Joy and Bing Bong get dragged ah, down. There we go. It was because uh, they didn't need sadness in that moment because they need to have the... Ironically, the saddest moment of the film does not involve sadness. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so then to get out of the... Get out of the pit. They use Bing Bong's like train or whatever. It's, it's his, a little cart. His cart that's powered by song. song. Yeah, so they sing his song. But the only way to actually do it, Bing Bong needs to stay behind, and he stays behind mm-hmm. and fades away into nothingness. Yeah. And it's heavy hitting because they mm-hmm. just full on kill a character in the middle of the film. True. And it, it's not in a way of just like, oh, but he could come back. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, he's gone. He is absolutely gone. Oh, he's yeah. just erased from existence. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's a, as an adult, you'd get that because people... I'm sure I did have an imaginary friend, but I don't remember. You know, like you mm. know, that is very much something that you do when you're a very small child and you don't retain it. Yeah. So, again, it was kind of a quite an intelligent choice of character to kill. Yeah, definitely. I say kill. I mean, he fades away. It's not like you see him bleeding, but, you know. No. But he absolutely but, is dead, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then Joy gets out. She eventually meets, meets up with Sadness and... Uh, they somehow make it back. How do they make it back again? Oh, yes, that's fun. <laughs> uh, so, jo- um, Sadness has uh, got a cloud from Cloudland or something, mm-hmm. and she's just floating her way back to the control room, mm-hmm. which seems to be working absolutely fine. Yeah, although seemingly that's accidental. Yeah. <laughs> she's just floating on that cloud because she's in a bad mood. Yeah. And Joy finds the factory that creates the imagination of Riley's perfect boyfriend. Yeah, which is a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's not it's not ready yet or something. Yeah, it's not, yeah. yeah. And she just creates loads of them, makes them all stand on their shoulders, and just falls. She bounces and bounces off a trampoline or something. It's a whole big stunt, mm. and uh, yeah, lands in sadness's cloud. And yeah. um, so presumably, all those imaginary boyfriends also die. Yeah, I, I don't really think they have personalities though. No, no, they don't. They're and and, just, and they're prototypes. They're it's just fine. photocopies. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but they all say, "I would die for Riley," and she's like, "Let's test that theory." Well, yeah, it's dark. <laughs> They all fall into the pit of sadness or the pit of forgottenness. It's like, yeah. thanks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they make it back and um, somehow... Then what happens? Oh, yeah. Because at, at that very point in the real world, the outside world, Riley is running away and she's literally on a bus that's going to go back to Minnesota. Yes. So she can make some more core memories. Well, she's stolen... Well, the other... While Joy and Sadness have been missing, mm. basically fear, disgust and anger have been forced to take over. Mm. So... She's only experiencing quite negative emotions. Yeah. And yeah, so she has decided to... Well, they've decided to make some more core memories, haven't they? Yes. And the only way they can think of to do that is to send her back to Minnesota, which basically involves her stealing her mum's credit card Mm -hmm. and taking a bus back to Mm -hmm. Minnesota. 
Yes. And nobody asks why an 11-year-old child is boarding a boat nope. <laughs> from San Francisco to Minnesota yep. on her own with a credit card she's not old enough to own. But, mm. <laughs> and this is before contactless. Like, yeah. How did she get the pin? <laughs> what kind of mother gives her daughter the pin number to her credit card? Her 11-year-old daughter. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, is it before contactless? But also in America, they don't have contactless. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. Actually, Although I don't not, know if they have pin d- numbers. They don't have pin numbers, do they? Do they not? Well, well, I don't think all do. I think a lot of them you can just like swipe it and then you've got to sign a receipt or something. Oh, okay. Doesn't seem very secure, I'll be honest. It really doesn't. Well, it's America for you. Anyway, so... <laughs> Not very secure. <laughs> Build the wall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes, and so workers join Sadness, get back in, they uh, give reason and, um, they, and, and Riley gets off the bus, goes home and Joy decides to give all the core emotions to, uh, core memories, sorry, uh, to sadness, and so they all turn blue. They all turn very sad, and Riley mm-hmm. has a very sad and emotional cry with her parents. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that yeah, that's sorry, that's when it uh, creates that core memory that sadness. Yes, yeah, and uh, like revitalizes the family land or whatever it was. I'm not sure. Mm. Well, isn't it? She's isn't it the core memory of her time in Minnesota when the it's like her happiest memory becomes her saddest memory. Mm. Or not as It becomes a... Com- no, it becomes a combination memory. Ah, that's it, yes. It becomes a mix of happy and sad. And then it's like, oh, it's a new thing. It's bittersweet. Yeah. That's something that you'd only... Appear- that's the kind of emotion you only start feeling when you get a bit older. You, yeah. Like, like I said, five-year-olds don't feel bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so then that's that, that's pretty much it. And then the yeah. film starts wrapping up, which uh, takes its sweet time about, but... It's all a joy to watch. It, the, the, I, I think the end bits are some of my favourite bits. Definitely. So it initially starts with... Just like some time later, mm-hmm. the camera's inside her head and it pans and it shows all these core memories that are all combination memories, yeah. which really, I'm wondering about, like at which point was she disgusted and scared or something and that was a core memory? I'd love to know. Disgusted and scared at the mm. same time? You never felt disgusted and scared at the same time? No, I think so. Really? Ah, uh, watching like gory stuff, I guess, maybe. Yeah. What the memory combinations are that are a little confusing. I don't know. I think they all go together in their own ways, you know. Fear and joy. Fear and joy. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know what? You know, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like fear and joy. Let's say when you are doing something that scares you, but you're like, I can't believe I'm really doing this. Like, you know. A roller coaster. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A roller yeah. coaster. Hmm. I don't know. We can't go through every possible No, let's not. <laughs> this, this episode will run very long. We're just doing that. Uh, okay, yeah. And, and then there's all the, the closing scenes of um, inside different people's heads. Yes. Which were great. Mm-hmm. Things like there's uh, there's the bus driver who's it's just anger, just anger, which, which is great. Yeah, my favourite is definitely the uh, the last one, which is just cats. Yeah, and because you, you've just seen dogs and they're all crazy, food, but, food, but, food, yeah. yeah, but they're all they're all very much like doing their job pro- properly, and then the cats they're just not caring mm. whatsoever. Well, see, I wish they. <laughs> I just loved how they escalated. Just like and now, as a cat just walking along the control desk, no. as everybody knows, cats do along laptops and pianos. Yeah. Well, see, I would have liked it if they'd left it the, f- the first time you see into the cat's headquarters. Mm. There's nothing there. It's mm-hmm. an empty room, and I wish they just left it at that. Like, yeah, because cats are sociopaths. They don't have emotions. I mean, they <laughs> do. Though. They, has... they do though. Okay. Why do they purr? To trick you into thinking they're feeling real feelings. If somebody doesn't have any feelings, why would they trick you into into making you think that they I have feelings? Know. I just don't what, like what, them. What would be their motivation? To destroy you. Cats and dogs clearly both have emotions. Yeah, I know. Let's just agree on this. And move on. All right, fine. Because yes. you're wrong. I am wrong, but I like the idea that the cats are just sociopaths. Hmm. But yeah, it was also fun that the cat's mind was just random. Yeah. yeah. Which is also... Probably, yes. Quite cattish. Yes. Quite doggish, too, though. Well, dogs are very... I think dogs are very impulse-focused. Like, want food, have food. Want sex, have sex. You know, mm. want walk, go walk. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I guess, cats are more hard to read, so... Yeah. yeah. All right, here you go. Your new expanded console is up and running. Oh, upgrade. Hey. Oh, whoops. Wait, did I just do that? Hey, guys, what's puberty? I don't know. It's probably not important. Whoa, I have access to the entire curse word library. This new console is done. Sorry, I did it again. My bad. Uh, Should we get to some... Let's drink... I've totally lost track. It's been such a long time since we had a regular episode. <laughs> drinking games. Shall we get to some drinking games? Yeah. Right, I've got a few. Mm-hmm. Okay, drink whenever anger bursts into flames. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. I had drink 
every time there is a concept that would go way above the head of an eight-year-old. Fair. Yeah. Mm. Now, I always thought that uh, the memories in this looked like very sort of fragile crystal balls. Mm-hmm. So it kind of freaked me out that every time, well, essentially drink every time somebody drops a memory. Yeah. They don't really feel like the sort of thing you should just be throwing about. Mm. Isn't there quite a common stress stream where you're carrying like just a little bit more than you can hold? Mm-hmm. It felt a lot like that because Joy spends half the movie running around with just all these balls and yeah. she keeps dropping them and it was stressful to watch. Yeah. I was like, will you please pick up a bag? And yeah. I was so relieved when she did. Like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what, is that drink every time she drops a ball? Yeah. Cool. Right. Or anybody does. Yes. Anyone drops a ball in this film. Yep. <laughs> cool. Obvious one, drink for the triple dent gum song. Oh, yeah. yeah. They bring it back so many times. Yeah. It, it just gets funnier every time. Yeah. Uh, drink whenever a world collapses. Oh, yeah. I think five. Five, yeah. Four or five. Four or five collapse and then they mm. get rebuilt, obviously. Oh, at the end of the film, so Riley becomes an adolescent mm. and they get an updated control board, mm-hmm. which is obviously about how, as you get older... You have access to all these new emotions, which is mm-hmm. exciting. But then they also get all these new islands as well. Yeah. That was really funny. Yeah. I liked uh, when Sadness says something like, oh, I love tragic vampire romance island. Because <laughs> 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 obviously this film came out at the peak of Twilight. Like, yeah. <laughs> of course, Riley would be into that if she was turning like 13 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Drink when you see another character's emotional points of view rather than Riley's. So you would go into their heads. Oh, yeah. So you mm. get the mum and the dad, obviously. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. The teacher. Yes. At the end, you get loads of them, obviously. You get the, the cool teenage girl who's secretly terrified. Oh, yeah. You get the, you teen, get the boy. The boy who's like, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> yeah. The mum's, we gave up a Brazilian helicopter pilot for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who seems to have got around? Because also he's apparently shagged the teacher. Yeah. Like, same guy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. It was a good running joke. Yes. One of many. Mm. This film was excellent at running jokes, which mm. Pixar is generally good at. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Last one I've got. Drink whenever joy is mean to sadness. Yeah. Because a lot of time where she really is just not respecting that this is how sadness is. Mm. Well, I think that's the, the the movie's essential journey is her realising yeah. that sadness is as valid as she is rather than someone to be pushed over the side. But yeah. yeah, Joy's kind of... She's not a bitch, but she's definitely... She set, she draws a line and says, that, your job today is stay in this circle. Yeah. She's a what? bit <laughs> she's a bit monstrous, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think that's it. She has good intentions, but she's Joy. But she doesn't respect the different emotions certainly not sadness and I think mm. that's the main thing in the film is her learning that she has to work with sadness rather than try to like just overpower all the other emotions mm-hmm. so yeah it's good uh, and my last one was drink for broccoli jokes <laughs> <laughs> yep okay it is the worst pizza topping I like I like broccoli but I would not want it on a pizza bro- no, broccoli's a great pizza topping really it goes well I like it I do not on pizza broccoli cheese right. oven fair Lovely. enough I'll take your word for it mm. any more no Okay, do you want to do your Patreon bit? Oh, I was thinking we could do the Friends game first. Oh, you want to do the fr- oh, oh, the Friends game of emotion. This is going to be a good one, I think. Okay. So, Joy. Who's the happiest friend? I don't know, actually. I always think about this. It's difficult because I was maybe thinking of, like, uh, Monica, but then I also don't know who Disgust would be. No, Monica's Disgu- Disgust. Monica's because Disgust also feels quite similar to Rachel. No, I feel like Rachel's more joyful than Monica. I would say Rachel's better just as Joy. Mm-hmm. I think I think Rachel's just better at both of those. True, she could, she could do disgusting. Because like, Mo- like Monica's just obsessive. True, she's not like ew, that's disgusting, which is a bit more Rachel's like. Actually, you might have talked me around. I think you might be right. Maybe Monica is joy because she's like the one she, always, she does. She, she always sees, she sees the good stuff in things. She'll be like a mess. <laughs> Great. Yes. No, you're yeah. right. Actually, she would be a very good joy because she's she's controlling mm-hmm. and yeah, she tends to see the good in things though. And yeah, yeah, she's the boss. So yes, cool. And so dis- um, disgust is Rachel. Totally, yeah. What else we got? Sadness. I'm going to go with Phoebe, but Friends by nature, the show is just not very sad. True. None of them have any real problems. No. I mean, Phoebe could lean into her past, I guess. But yeah, maybe when she's got a cold. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phoebe with a cold for the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then Ross's anger. Oh, no question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all we've got left is fear. It's got to be Chandler. Joey doesn't really have fear. Yeah, I was going to say, Joey lands himself more to Bing Bong. And Ch- yeah, oh, yeah. Jo- Joey <laughs> has an imaginary friend. Oh, poor Joey. <laughs> Joey, are we, we going to kill Joey? <laughs> Didn't think of that. Oh, God. Yeah. It's bleak, um, but accurate. Yeah. I mean, if this were to happen, I'd like to see it with, uh, it still looks like the Pixar's Inside Out, but it really looks a bit like the actors. Yeah, sure. Woo! Bing Bong! We did it! We, Bing Bong? 
Wrong! <laughs> you made it! <laughs> go! Go save Riley! <laughs> Take her to the moon for me. Okay? Okay, so before we get to some sequels um, for the first time this year, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our Patreon. So if you'd like to support us, we'd be very, very thankful. And I've got to say thank you to all our Patreon supporters for helping us through 2018. Yes, it's been much appreciated and we hope to keep giving you extra content and connecting with you, getting to know you guys and hopefully welcoming more to the group. Yeah. So if you if you enjoy the show and you would like to contribute to us, then please go to patreon.com slash set. And you can donate as much or as little as you like. And uh, if you do so, you, you will get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set. We review films in cinema. It's it's good. Yes. Yes, it's good. You'll hear a kind of a preview of that if you listen to our 2018 wrap-up, which I believe is out already. Yeah, it's like that, but just a bit more in-depth, really. Yes. Um, generally less drunk. Generally. Yeah. Generally. Not yeah. always. Not always. No, it depends what, where we've been, what yeah. we've been doing. Yeah. yeah. Always a little drunk. Yeah. The 2018 wrap-up did take us over six hours to record yeah. without stopping drinking, mm-hmm. which was probably the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about some, it. Th- there was there was more than one point where we literally stopped in the middle of reviewing a film because we'd forgotten what film we were talking about. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, that all just adds to the fun. Yep. Um, I had a quick look at the uh, the audio waveforms, like fully zoomed out so we could see the whole thing without scrolling, and you can clearly see all the toilet breaks in it. Yeah. Just, and, just... And, and, and like they get more and more close together and yeah. towards the end <laughs> yeah um so anyway the film reviews they're only like half an hour long or something or maybe even less i forget yeah so they're, they're pretty good um also if you become a patron you get to choose an episode for us to do on the main show um once a month we'll pick a patron supporter to to do so and mm-hmm. um, if you want to pick a film that does already have sequels or anything then we'll just do that on the bonus show and also finally Every patron once a month will get a 30-second advert slot on the main show. So all that's available, patreon.com slash set. Thank you very much. Hey, Drew, what do you do every other Wednesday? Specifically every other Wednesday, I watch a movie, Nathan. Oh my gosh, I talk about movies every other Wednesday. Oh my gosh, if we take my movie watching and you're talking about movies... We can make a podcast! We can make a podcast, that'd be great! But what would we call it? I don't know, I mean, I get the feels for the movies. And I get the reels part of it. Man, if we combine the two... We could have the Real Feels Podcast. I love it. Okay, you know what? We're going to find us on iTunes and Podbean. It's going to be great. Every other Wednesday. We're going to be the realest. The feelest. Okay, am I going first? Yep. So, I have done three small ideas this week rather than one big one. Oh, great. Although they are somewhat connected. Okay. So, I was kind of interested in the idea that came at the end of this film of how... Like it, it's mostly about a child who has five pretty simple emotions, and then as she mm. enters adolescence, her emotions evolve with her, and you know mm-hmm. she develops more kind of her brain starts working differently. She gets more buttons on the control. She gets strip. more buttons on the exactly, and they start interacting and working in different ways. Yeah. So I was thinking about a series of sequels that might track Riley through significant periods of her life mm-hmm. and how her brain might react to them. Sure. So first of all. We have Riley's adolescent years, mm-hmm. like the college years, and this is called Inside Out 2, This Is Your Brain on Drugs. <laughs> okay. And this is going to follow teenage Riley as she goes to college and starts to experiment right, with various substances, okay. as many people do when they go to college. That'll be weird for the emotions, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So first up, obviously, she's probably going to start by having her first experiences with alcohol. Mm-hmm. What do you think that might look like inside the brain? Um, okay, well, and it's probably going to be a bit joyful. Mm-hmm. Quite joyful. There's definitely going to be a scene where she's drunk and he's saying, I love you. Yeah. I lo- you, I love you. She's going to do that, definitely. I've never gonna... done that. Never. Mm. <laughs> um, she's going to, moving on, she's going to cry quite a bit, so there'll be a bit of sadness. I think that maybe, I don't know, will the, all the emotions take it in turns or something, or... There'll be arguments going on. Well, it's going to end with disgust when the hangover kicks in and she's vomiting everywhere. 
No, they're going to be fighting. The five motions are going to be like physically fighting, mm. and people keep falling onto the switchboard. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm. Yeah, so it's just a big free-for-all. Yeah. They're all just staggering around. They're all drunk, too. They're yeah. all staggering around, <laughs> and they keep hitting the buttons, and the emotions are going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it ends, obviously, we've discussed when the hangover kicks in. Yep. Next is going to be weed. Okay. Probably a bit of fear in there. Yeah. I don't know. It does feel weird that there's only five emotions to pick from. True. It limits it a bit. Disgust. I mean, I don't know. I'm only thinking of the one experience I've got of weed, which did not go so well. Well, I was thinking of that as well. Well, of course you were, because you were there. Yeah. You caused it. But anyway. Well, I no, was thinking... No, 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 no grudges held here. Definitely no not. Gr- no, you hold a grudge? No. no. Well, I was thinking maybe her brain... Compl- everything slows down. Mm-hmm. Everything turns green. <clears throat> okay. The whole room turns green. Mm-hmm. And joy takes the wheel for a little bit, but then fear and sadness take over. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really good for anger. Mm. It really calms him down. Okay. <laughs> so, so they realise that it's a really good way to kind of neutralise anger. Okay. So they start using that one quite a lot. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Chills right out. Yep. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Riley go to a party where she drops an e-tablet or something, a bit of ecstasy. Mm-hmm. She's going to cut to the headquarters having a rave, basically. Just, <laughs> just, just cuts to inside the head and they're all just like... Just, you know... <laughs> Dancing and you know, yep, wild yep. abandon that makes sense. Yeah, maybe Joy is like having sex with fear or something. Like, I don't really know what to do with that, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just for kids, what they'll do this, <laughs> Who's this for? decidedly not as much for kids. We're leaning into it more for adults, obviously, <laughs> clearly. Although, same animation and same style, obviously, mm. it's like ugh, this is not the way I actually want it to be, but it's like inside out meets sausage party, maybe. Okay, yep. <laughs> Then I was thinking, maybe she goes for some really heavy stuff and has a try on LSD. Mm-hmm. And for this one, I feel like abstract thought just descends on the headquarters. So they're all just like <laughs> turning into the different shapes again. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. And yeah. they're freaking out. They don't like it. They just have to wait for it to pass. And it gets wor- it gets a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. Uh, no, that's good. <laughs> which is what naughty people have told me is what happens when you take LSD. <laughs> Couldn't possibly comment. Mm-hmm. Now... Do I want to get Riley addicted to heroin? It's your sequel. You do what you want. It feels... I, I don't know what that would be. No, me neither. That, that feels maybe too dark. So maybe we just stop at LSD. I don't know. Wow. John's finally found his limit. I don't know. On what's too dark. How do your emotions react to being addicted to heroin? Like, I think train spotting. I don't know. Listeners, please write in. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you want to continue this. So anyway, that's the first one. It's just... Riley's brain on all kinds of different psychotropic substances, yes. brain-altering substances. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Riley as a middle-aged woman, and this is Inside Out Free, Fear and Loathing. Mm-hmm. Although despite that title, this one's not about drugs. This one is about... Another thing that really interests me about people is how, in real life, is how a lot of people get more conservative as they get older. Mm-hmm. Like A lot of people get more racist or a lot more... Or just generally veer towards the right. You know, most people are, like, are very left-wing when they're young, and for some reason people tend to get more right-wing as they get older. So I was thinking that at this point, Riley is a middle-aged, kind of middle-class mother in kind of Trump's America. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know? And yeah, and maybe it's how her brain reacts in a way that makes her a little bit racist. Mm-hmm. Not like burning crucifixes, dressing in a white hood racist, but just like casual racist. Like crosses the street when she sees a black person mm-hmm. racist. You know, just she's not very nice. She, sure. she voted for Trump. You know, yeah, she's, she doesn't believe in immigration. She's, you know... I prefer to know what she's like on heroin, I think. On heroin? Yeah, yeah. we're taking Riley as a nasty yeah, place. you really are. It doesn't have to be Riley, but I'm just thinking of the same emotions. Like. Yeah. But that's what I mean. She probably was a very nice young person, mm-hmm. but she got older. She got a bit bitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She became a bit of a conservative middle-class racist. Well, yeah. All right. I'm thinking maybe Joy, like, <laughs> has a fall and slips into a coma or something. Uh, okay, so yeah. And this is fear and loathing. No, fear and disgust. Sorry, mm-hmm. there's no loathing. Fear and disgust take over full time. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they're the three main emotions that are most negative. Yes, And definitely. drive towards, you know, negative feelings, especially stuff like racism. And anger. And ang- anger too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anger, fear and disgust have taken over full time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what sadness is doing. No, no idea. Yeah. But yeah, it just turns Riley into a bit of a low-key reactionary racist. Sure. Mm-hmm. And finally, Inside Out 4, Slipping Away. This is a very, very sad story of Riley as an old woman with dementia. Oh, But then what does that mean for the emotions? Um, for the emotions, they're probably still there. But um, the memories are all... Dis- the, all the core the, memories are, like, disappearing forever. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the memories are definitely going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's 
less and less left, and eventually there'll be only a few left, but the emotions will still be there, but yeah. they'll be slow. Yes. So they'll all be with Zimmer frames and stuff. Yes, they've so all then, aged as well. Yeah, so yeah. Joy's on a cane, and like, yeah, yeah, de- sadness, has, sadness has a Zimmer frame. They're all slow enough so that they can't really change who's on the control panel that quickly. Sure. So just everything's just a bit, a little bit slower. Yeah. Of the three of them, this is the one I could most imagine actually existing, and I'd be most interested to see. Yeah, definitely. Like a bit of a sad, up meets inside out kind of thing. I mean, I do wonder how they could make that one without it just being so incredibly sad that nobody would go. It and would see be it. too bleak. It would yeah. be too bleak. But yeah, <laughs> just the idea of them wandering around. Kids the... definitely would not go. To no, see no, that. no, no, no. But they're wandering around that world in the same way, you know, the brain. But it's all falling apart for real. Mm-hmm. Like all the memories are disappearing, mm-hmm. and all the islands are crashing down. And there's no way to turn it back this time. Mm-hmm. That could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that, but then maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically my idea. It's the different stages of Riley's life and her emotions. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, not the happiest in the world. But no, no, definitely not. <laughs> that's what I've given. Also, very much not the most family friendly. No, well, you know, never said it had to be. True, true. Okay. Well, I've um, I've, I've got two. Okay. One of them you're definitely going to like. Um, it's not really an idea. It's more of a game for us to play. Oh, okay. I like a game. So I was trying to think of ideas, and my housemate Charlotte came up with one or two. The first one she came up with was essentially to sort of cross it over with being John Malkovich. Interesting, okay. Because there's a lot that can be done there. Oh yes, absolutely. And then I thought, why don't we just go through a few films, Mm -hmm. pick a few characters from different films, and just say what's going on there. Okay. So John Malkovich, what's going on inside his head emotionally? Emotionally? Mm. Uh, Maybe, Maybe that one's quite a difficult start, I'm not sure. That is a difficult start. So, as in the actor, or we'll circle back. We'll, we'll build, build, Let's build up some Malkovich. Yeah. Some moment, we'll build up some momentum, and we'll, uh, okay. we'll we'll get there. Okay. Start off. Tommy Wiseau from the room. Oh, okay. I feel like he's. Does he have any joy? Um, he doesn't seem particularly joyful. No, I don't think he's got any joy. He's definitely got anger. Yeah, I mean, like, anger and sadness are totally control of that brain. Yeah. <laughs> is is that it? Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's got enough self awareness to feel disgust. <laughs> <laughs> and he's definitely not afraid of anything. No. I think it's just... Yeah, he just has the two. He just has fear and sadness. Mm-hmm. Just no, I mean, just sadness. anger and sadness, sorry. He just it's has just anger that. and sadness. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably the problem with that film, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really explore the whole rainbow of emotions. No. Um, um, okay, so what about Forrest Gump? Aw. Um, joy... Is he that joyous? He's, he's generally a happy... He's definitely, a happy person, yeah, yeah but... There's a lot of joy. There's mm-hmm. there's a little bit of sadness. There's a bit of fear. Mm-hmm. I um, don't think there's a lot of disgust. He doesn't judge anything. No, he doesn't. He, he has no. Ju- yeah, he has no he disgust. Has no disgust whatsoever. Yeah. I think that's what this film teaches us is that the five emotions need to be in perfect balance. And if one's missing, then you're not really a complete person. And I think for Forrest Gump, he's lacking disgust. So that's mm. what makes him quote unquote simple. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. So his mental disability is he's not disgusted by anything. I would say so because he doesn't judge anyone. He's completely without judgment. Hmm. That's an interesting thing. Am I wrong? I maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more. Well, this is your idea. <laughs> Don't want you but, looking at me expectantly. You know films. I know films. We're both movie podcasters. You know films more than me. All right. <laughs> Just name a film. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Okay. Anger. Definitely. Um, not fear. I think fear deep down, yeah. There's, there's some fear in there. Yeah. It's been put on hold for now. Yeah, definitely no joy. None at all? Not much. Do you not think he enjoys his job? Maybe, but it gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, she, she, she doesn't come out very often. Mm. How would emotions affect the force? Ooh. That is a question to ask the nerds. Yeah. Are they the force? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, what happens I, to them when he's using the force? Is I don't it... think that force and emotion are the same thing. I think that the way that a, that a good Jedi works is probably... Without any emotion. Okay. You know, like Jedi aren't allowed to love or anything. So I'm mm. probably going to say that, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi, when he's Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. almost no emotion. Well, that's interesting, yeah. Until the end when he gets very sad. Yeah. That's right, because it's all about clearing your mind, isn't it? Mm. So maybe, yeah, maybe we could do an Inside Out meets Star Wars movie in which, like, the emotions have to fight the Jedi train. So yeah, Anakin's got a lot going on, because he's the one who's just not really accepting the the Jedi way mm-hmm. of having essentially no emotions. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, he's definitely got some joy. That's why he's jumping out of speed at like 200 metres. Yeah. And, Can uh, we have a scene where he's like, ew, sand, and disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, he's probably got some hate in him, I'd say. Is hate an emotion? Yeah. Oh, was, or is it a reaction sorry, to anger? I, I, I meant anger. I meant yeah. anger. No, I, that could be interesting, whether it would be Jedi in Star Wars or like certain religions and certain mm-hmm. ways of thinking. But it's like clearing your emotions and yeah, how would that... How'd that work if you were in some kind of situation where you had to be emotion free? Hmm, that'd be difficult. You need some kind of device in your in your mind room mm-hmm. um, that would just uh, block all the emotions from getting to the control desk. Yeah, maybe the emotions get locked out. Yeah, that have, have to mm-hmm. be it. And mm-hmm. that's the Jedi training is to uh, work out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other line? Anger leads to fear, fear leads to fear. <laughs> Yoda's already done it. Yoda's, Yoda's locked out them all. Yoda has none of them, yeah. Ah, oh, great. Well done, Yoda. Maybe Yoda actually has the ability to go inside his own mind. I feel like Yoda is and an he, emotion. He, he, probably, he probably knows his emotions personally. Yes, yeah, he's probably had conversations yeah. with him. Yeah. Grammatically incorrect more. conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to do some more or shall I move on to my uh, my written idea? Let's go to the written idea just for I mean, timing you, purposes. You didn't think of any of those. Hannibal, quite... Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he's got... He's probably probably got some anger definitely got a lot of joy mm-hmm. he has zero sadness yeah that's his problem mm-hmm. zero disgust yeah. i think fear do you reckon he's scared of anything he doesn't exhibit it but i think maybe deep down he does mm. do you reckon he's scared of himself possibly i reckon he's scared of his parents oh interesting that's his issue interesting oh mm. i'm harry there at the armchair psychologist <laughs> all right so this one this uh this Written out idea. I've not got a title for it, so please think of something. <laughs> okay. So, Inside Out 2. Great. Uh, now, we're going to start off, as all of my best ideas do, with a montage. Great. Okay. Do a montage of Riley. She's in high school now. She's about you know, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. You know, full-on puberty. Yeah. So, that's that's going. That alarm has been going off for, like, five years straight or something. It's just a five-alarm fire for, like... Yeah. yeah. Okay. All the emotions are very stressed out. Okay. Um, I've tried to make her interested in girls, not boys. Okay, interesting twist, yeah. Because boys are stupid and disgusting. Have you heard the theory about this film, which I think they've debunked, but mm. there was a theory that because all of the all the other characters in the film, mm. all the men have all male emotions. Ah, I did think about that. And all that. the women have all female emotions. So some were saying that she might be, it might mean she was bisexual, or it might mean she was transgendered, or it could be anything. Like I think the inside out people have said, no, that's not true. But it's an interesting yeah. angle to take, yeah. Why would the writers of the film say that's not true? Just not say anything and just be like, yeah, whatever. If you maybe want. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want it to seem like they were pushed. Uh, it, that's sensitive ground, you know. I guess into, like gender identity and stuff, like you know. Well, they didn't need to say yes, but they could just say like, she's ten right now. She's true. Yeah, I'm really thinking about that. Sure. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, now there's also going to be a montage of what's going on in Mum's life. Okay. Um, I've decided that Mum is going to be a teacher at Riley's school. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's going to be teaching maths, which uh, used to be Riley's favourite subject, mm-hmm. but is now her least favourite, as she has a lot of teenage attitude towards her mother. Of course she does. Imagine if your mother was your teacher. You've got to go yeah. home with your teacher every night. That would be nightmarish. Yeah. You'd never be able to, like, cheat on your homework or anything. No. It'd be awful. Mm-hmm. I didn't do well in school. <laughs> your, par- your parents weren't <laughs> teachers. No, but I cheated on my you homework. cheated on your homework a lot. Okay, sure. Yeah. No, we used to have a good uh, chain of cheating on homework. Like, the whole back row of the class... There was one person who was really good at everything mm-hmm. who sat on, on the far right of this row of table and then the person to the left of him would copy him and the person to the left of him would copy him and then the person to the left of him would copy him and then I would be the last person on the line. Was it like Chinese whispers so the answers Pretty they got there were never actually <laughs> what they were meant to It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll teach you. And also mine was, well, it won't teach me, clearly. No, that's something it should have taught you to not choose to buckle down. Um, but also... It meant that I never finished my homework either, mm-hmm. and like, the teacher clearly knew what was going on. It wasn't going well. No. Anyway, I'm glad high school's over. So in the afternoon, both uh, Riley and Mum they get pulled out of class by the head teacher, and uh, the head tells them that uh, that the dad was involved in a car accident and is now in hospital. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, and start off strong. Yeah, like Pixar film can do. So they run to the car, rush to the hospital, and they go in and are shown to his room where a doctor meets them outside. They're told that he has hit his head badly and he is in a coma. Okay. So they rush into the room, see him in bed with a massive bandage on his head. 
the doctor says there's at this point there's nothing that they can do rather than give him on life support and hope he wakes up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how comas work, but that's how it does in this. No, I think it is. I think it's the longer you're in a coma, the less likely you are to wake up. But people do. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where like, the first 24 hours is crucial. But mm. anyway. So Riley and Mum both slump down into chairs emotionally mm-hmm. while uh, <laughs> sadness and anger sort of take over their heads. Oh, so this is how the emotions would deal with a genuine traumatic experience. Mm. Okay. Not moving the house can be a genuine traumatic experience. No, but I mean, like, a, a crisis, like, a, like yeah. you know, like, like a bereavement, you know. Yeah, yeah. Intense. I mean, like, an intense emotional experience. Yeah, because yeah. I got the impression that they're a very close family. Oh, sure, yeah. So, yeah. Now, this actually creates a core memory for both of them. Okay. Both Mum and Riley. And, uh... Well, it would. Yeah. You're not going to forget the day your dad no. went into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm inventing a new rule okay. um, here into, into this universe of how emotions work and stuff. So, so the memory doesn't create a new world. Um, like all the other core memories did, it creates a path directly upwards out of the control room Okay. in both their control rooms. Back to the outside world. The Doctor says that uh, if they want to, they can stay the night just this once, you know, the first 24 hours. Sure. But their normal visiting hours will take effect later or something. Okay. So two of them stay there and eventually fall asleep um, with their heads resting against each other. Oh, at some point, we cut to the inside of the dad's head just okay. to see what's going on in there. All hell has broken loose. Sure. Um, if you ever watch a Star Trek episode where the ship pretty much gets destroyed or something. Every, every Star Trek episode? You know, like when their sparks come out of the consoles yes, at the back yes, yes, and all yes. that. That's what's going on in there. There's okay. smoke everywhere. There's broken pipes. There's, no. Is his dad's primary emotion at this point played by Patrick Stewart by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know what? Yeah, it's the cast of the Next Generation. No, I mean, you did use them on, just last week on Scrooge, but sure. Did I? Oh. <laughs> you put that idea in my head just then. Sorry. Well, That's you, not fair. You, you mentioned Star Trek first. Well, sure. Okay, whatever. I watched Star Trek a lot over Christmas. Just it go with great. it. Just go with it. It's fine. Yeah, so everybody's manically running around with tools and safety equipment, and the five motions all have little bandages on their heads, which match Dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what's going on there, then. You know, trying to fix his head. Okay, I see. So they're trying to fix the situation. His head is in a state of self-repair. Okay, makes sense. Which okay. maybe is what a coma is. Again, I have no idea. I do like this idea of like a Star Trek style thing. I mean, it's like not really... The control not... room yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. Is like it's the bridge. Star... Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's in control, isn't it? Yeah. So meanwhile, in both Riley and Mum's heads, the emotions are looking at the new pathway that has opened directly up, which they're all very intrigued by it. And so we watch a sort of split-screen view of like, both sets of emotions looking up at this thing. And as the pipe comes down, all five motions get sucked into it. Okay. And they all essentially swap places. The mum and the daughter? Mm-hmm. So the mum's emotions are in the daughter, the daughter's emotions are in the mum? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so then when they wake up in the morning, their emotions are the other way around. Is this like a Freaky Friday situation exactly. where their entire personalities it, well, are not, not Not exactly, but yeah, very, yeah, almost. It's just... The emotions, not the personalities. Okay. So mum is now going to regress to the emotions of a grumpy teenager. Sure. And uh, Riley is going to become super grown up and sensible about her life. And that's the way that those two people are going to cope with their dad being in a coma. Oh, that's interesting. Because that, that's sometimes what happens. I know. that. I mean, that kind of wrote itself by accident. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ah, it's very wise for you. I know. <laughs> Again, accident. <laughs> so this is going to take place... This is where the most the majority of the story comes in that, uh, you know, as always, I just kind of breeze over. Mm-hmm. It's going to take place over a few days. Sure. As they each go on separate emotional journeys. Riley is going to meet the man of her mum's dreams, okay. which is going to be the son of the helicopter driver. So I'm confused. So Riley's going to get a boyfriend. Yeah. So the, it's not, this isn't the mum getting someone new while her husband has just gone into a coma. Correct. So her mum's emotions are in charge of Riley. Okay. And... But it's not the mum's personality. Correct. So the mum's not cheating on her recently comatose husband. Yeah. It's just that her daughter... Yeah, so like the memories didn't switch place or anything. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I just, just just the emotions. So like, they're just acting like each other, essentially. Okay, sure. So Riley is now dating a young Brazilian boy. Yeah. yeah it's, while it's, her it's, dad's in a coma. It's, it's not going to be a weird sort of body comedy of just like, oh, I'm 40, but I'm in the body of a 17-year-old. It's, okay. not, it's not going to be that. Okay. Because that's weird. And it's been done before it's been in, done, in, in Freaky Friday a couple of times. True. Yeah, so the mum is going to... Uh, well, the, sorry, the mum's emotions are going to find the, the helicopter's son, the helicopter driver's son. And uh, the mum is is going to get super strict with Riley's emotions mm-hmm. and mean to some of the kids in school. Mm-hmm. You know, mean to Riley's bullies or whatever. And she's going to be, become super lax when it comes to like marking stuff in maths. And uh, I don't know, essentially switch it around a little bit. Okay, so so the mother is going to go back to teaching, even though her husband is in a coma. Mm. 
but she's going to have because she has Riley's emotions. She's going to be mean to the children because mm-hmm. she's getting revenge on the children who are mean to Riley. I guess, yeah. Okay, sure. And yeah. she's also going to be very relaxed about her teaching methods because she doesn't really care. Yeah. I mean, arguably... Because she's bored by teaching, I sure. guess. She's bored by maths. Arguably, this is not the time for her to be in work while her <laughs> husband's on death's door. I mean, I Nor is it the time for Riley to be on, just, you know, going into dating, but, you know. Well, they're both quite emotional right now. Okay, I, fine. I don't know. Fair enough. So, uh, obviously, they will, will still go to, you know, the hospital every day um, after school. Sure. And uh, at which point they'll both get lots of extreme emotions mm-hmm. um, when they're in the room, which is pretty much... The two teams of emotions trying to communicate with each other. Like, how do we get back? Oh, so the main story is that the emotions are trying to switch back. Mm. Okay. While the emotions in the dad's head are trying to fix everything. Yes. As a kind of a B-plot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so each time we're there, we see the inside of dad's head as well, which mm-hmm. is each time getting better and better. Oh, he is on the, he is on the <clears throat> mend. He's on the mend, yeah. Okay, good. Not that Riley and mum know that. No, but... but yeah. yeah. Um, so the head repairman inside his head, who I've decided is going to be John Ratzenberger, because he needs to be in every... Pixar movie. Sure, yeah. The guy who voiced Ham in Toy Story. Yes, yeah. and many, many, many other, many others, other yeah. characters. Can we have it where, like, maybe the doctors have said, well, I don't know if this is medically accurate, like, if he hasn't woken up within seven days, we'll have to turn off the life support. Oh, sure. Add so some there's, there's, there's like a ticking clock situation. Yeah. 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 Add some tension. Yeah, so. Short time for a, for a coma, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, John Ratzenberger says, uh, well, we've done all we can for now, so um, there's still some work to be done, but uh, yeah, we'll do our best. So you should probably power up and uh, take him for a spin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the emotions start to wake him up. And uh, yeah, dad wakes up. Mum and Riley notice immediately, rush over and gently hug him in bed. And uh, this creates another core memory. Yeah. Which means that the tube comes down again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, this is them going home. As they all get sucked up midway in the pipe, um, all the emotions have just a little a little embrace, a little emotional moment Aww. where they, they finally actually meet. And um, yeah, that's nice. Oh, that's something. And then... The end. That's really nice. I like that. And then sort of over the credits, we see Riley going back into school and the helicopter pilot's son is there trying to flirt with Riley and she's very sort of confused and disgusted by it, mm-hmm. as would be. And then the camera just sort of zooms into her head and we just see all of her emotions at play one last time. Ah, okay. That's nice. I like that. I yeah. like the idea that all the different emotions could actually meet each other and be like, it's been a pleasure working with you all these years. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like they can like compare notes. Like, mm. So, yeah, that was my sequel. Cool. Yeah. Listen submissions? Sure. Hit me. All right, right off the bat. Feel better. Outside in. The emotions leave the body and have to find their way back. Along the way, interact with other Pixar characters. Cool. Sure, I'd like to see that. Paul Spooner says, inside in. Things get more complicated as we explore the emotions in each of the counter emotions. Oh, I see. So oh, like, oh, wow. Another level like, deep. It's like Russian dolls. Oof. Yeah. It just oh, keeps wow. getting deeper, yeah. That would be... Okay. <laughs> So would Joy have, like, all five emotions, or would it just be, like, five little Joys, or...? Mm, all five emotions, I think. I guess, well, well Joy does feel yeah, sad w- as w- when Bing... Would, wouldn't be any point if it was all Joy inside Joy. True, yeah. Because Joy feels sad when Bing Bong dies. Mm. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Dante Pinot says, uh, A sequel where Riley, in her late teens, early twenties, going through rebellious and life just dragging her down. And because of all that, her emotions are suppressed, and they're just bursting to get out. Over the course of the film, she hits some pretty low lows and realises that while life can beat you down sometimes, there's still beauty in it and it is worth living. And thus her emotions burst back out, probably in a big old cry. But afterwards, she's back to her happy self from the first film. Yep, okay. Oh, that's, that's a very nice, optimistic one from, uh, yeah. from Dante there. Yeah, Dante, I hope you're okay. You sound like you're going through a tough time. Yeah. So, I have some as well. Mm-hmm. Reese Morgan-Jones said, a sequel following the bus driver right at the end of the first film who had nothing but anger in his mind. <laughs> maybe he goes on some kind of journey to find himself. And what, and like, get some new emotions? Yeah, like maybe he was backpacking or something. Yeah, sure. Kelly Boyd said, do some weird meta thing where the emotions are played by real people, played by the actual actors. Ah, so it's not animated. Okay. But the people, like the Riley and her mm. family, are animated. So it's like a reverse Roger Rabbit situation. Mm, all right, yeah. So sure. you go into the brain of Riley, and it would actually be Amy Poehler and all those characters, but themselves. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Daniel Link said, fear takes over. Riley develops an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Kloss said, one of Riley's new friends is going through an incredibly difficult time. Mm-hmm. The emotions in her head have to travel to their friend's head and help those emotions out. Mm. So that's similar to yours, but rather than swapping, mm-hmm. it's like they jump into somebody else's head and like it's all hands on deck, I guess. So what's going on in um, Riley's head? Oh, then? Riley's just brain dead. <laughs> she's got not. She's got nothing. Not Far not one emotion staying behind. Yeah, I feel like they should leave one behind. Mm. Don't know which one. Fear, disgust, 
Dis- disgust, I think. Disgust is always Just good. disgust, to just, be fun. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hillman mm-hmm. said, Riley starts dating, and as she does, her emotions have to realise that it's not just a new experience like hockey or school, but that those emotions themselves are changing, particularly disgust, who realises that she's not just somebody who gets grossed up by vegetables, she's now sometimes kind of disgusted by herself, and she has to learn how to live with that. Mm. That was deep. Disgust, Ooh, disgust becomes like self-disgust, like, you know. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It does, yeah. Mm. Jeff Lewis said, introduce a new character called Lust. Most of the movie is spent trying to keep that one character under control. <laughs> yep. Okay. Now, if they were to introduce an emotion for Lust, who, who voices Lust in this film? Oh, It's got to be somebody with a lot of high energy, I think. Hmm? I was thinking I was thinking just someone with a really sexy voice. Needs to be high energy as well, though, I think. Mm-hmm. If they can't keep them down, essentially. True, true, true. Yeah, because I was thinking like someone like Jeff Goldblum or Antonio Banderas, like just a really like. I was thinking Antonio Banderas as well. It's yeah. quite similar to that helicopter driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Ugh, as lust. <laughs> I'm, I've been watching a lot of How I Met Your Mother recently. Just recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, James Corden. <laughs> Excuse me while I vomit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had a good one, and then you, you've pushed it out of my brain with sheer grossness. Oh my god, what's his name? Dennis from Always Sunny. Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton oh, as lust. No, <laughs> I mean yes, great, yeah. but oh, just this really sinister lust. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, they could definitely put Charlie Day in one of these films, actually. Not as lust, but like he'd be anger or fear. Yeah, he'd do really well. Yes. Mm. Anyway, let's anyway, uh, let's move on. We are running out of time. Ben Stevens said, "Inside Out 2, Bing Bong actually didn't die." Sure. Sure. Big long well, returns. Yeah. Yep, okay. Colin Baxter said Inside Out 2, story of a serial killer. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kayla Smith said Outside In. Mm-hmm. Great. Mike Carey, Inside Out 2, introducing Ennui, a character who appears for the first time when teenage Riley goes to a coffee house that's hosting a poetry slam. Do you know what Ennui is? No. It's like that feeling of like existential despair. Like, okay. oh, what's the point of it all? <laughs> sure. Travis Green said Riley gets a terminal illness and dies. Jesus, it's dark. <laughs> is, that, said, is that the film? Or that's, the the, that's the film. He said, he said oh. this is not a joke answer. Okay. I mean, I, I did consider that at one point, just yeah. like, how would the emotions deal with dying? Yeah. And, well, I guess uh, I went there a bit too with, like, old lady dementia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. My housemate did um, suggest reincarnation. Sure, yeah. So, like, then they then just go on to someone else. Mm-hmm. Do this kind of a Toy Story 3 thing of, like, passing over the torch or something. Could work, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Jason Evans said the emotions team up to see Riley through rigorous NASA training programs in order to get her to the moon. Great. <laughs> Take her to the moon for me. Tribute to Bing Bong. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I initially thought that was some kind of first man kind of thing. Like the emotions inside Ryan Gosling. And, <laughs> it's just empty. None. It's just empty. <laughs> uh, Ira Ray, Inside Out 2, Bing Bong's Revenge. Bing Bong is back and he's pissed. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Topper Sunquist said, All the emotions get their own control boards to explain why people keep doing things while simultaneously not knowing why they're doing it. Not knowing why they're doing it. Hating themselves for it and are powerless to stop. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. False Starts Podcast at False Starts Pod said, Outside in, rarely gets a brain transplant and all new emotions. <laughs> brain transplant. Yeah. Great. And finally, Colin Jackson Vitro said, Inside Out 2, lobotomy time. Oh, no. Depressing. Yep. So yeah, those are our listener submissions for this week. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for uh, sharing those. If you have any sequel ideas for Inside Out or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. Just have a look. Just search Beyond the Box Set and let us know if we are not on it already, and we will try to get on it. You can also find us at patreon.com forward slash beyondtheboxset to subscribe to our Patreon and get bonus content, and our merchandise is available at TeePublic. We have our episode 100 live episode in the Chemic Tavern coming up on Saturday the 19th 19th of January, so if you are in Leeds, please come and see us live. If you're not in Leeds, please come to Leeds and see us live. Come see us live, it'll be a fun time, yeah. Yeah, We're going to be talking about E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. But before that, we have one more episode. Yes. 99. Yes. And it's a me choice. Okay. And you did ask me to choose something easy. Yep. So I've decided Brokeback Mountain. <sighs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was our last episode. Uh, maybe one day, but no. I've decided to go for a film that I've wanted to make you watch for a while that I think you'll enjoy a lot, genuinely. It's a lot of fun. Just to make you watch. It's just like. No, 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 no. no. I mean, encourage you to watch. Encourage mm-hmm. you to watch. I think you'll enjoy this. 
I think you'll have a lot to say about it, mm. and I think it's, it'll be the kind of thing you'll have fun pitching sequels to. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about the classic mid-90s James Cameron movie, True Lies, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Ever seen it? Nope. Cool. I think you'll enjoy it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll, uh, I'll, I, I hope I will. I think you will. I never expect to. Ever? It, no. Nothing? I, uh, okay, well... We'll see. We'll I see. mean, I mean, I think you'll have strong feelings. I mean, I mean, not expecting to enjoy something is probably the good, a good way to go into it. Sure, sure. So you know, that's yeah. that's it. But okay. um, Schwarzenegger films are generally, I've not seen that many good ones. I wouldn't say it's a good one, but I would say it's an entertaining one. I think you'll have a lot. Okay, I think you'll have a lot of things to say. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be one of those ones you'll be like, oh, I was just bored. Mm-hmm. It won't bore you. Okay, you'll have opinions, and I think you'll have sequel ideas, okay. which is the point. So yes. So yeah, please join us next week for True Lies. Yeah, and um, see you for the 100th episode live. See you then. Bye. Bye.